thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. My temple quickly come. Amen. These altars are open at all times and we will pray for you. I'm believing that this is your morning.
Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise? Hallelujah. Come on, can we just begin to praise him right now? No matter what's going on with the sound, can we just Hallelujah. begin to praise Jesus Christ? God wants to do something in the service this morning. Hallelujah. Can we just begin to press right now and begin to praise our God anyhow? The devil is a liar and the father of all lies. There will be a breakthrough this morning. Hallelujah. Somebody shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Amen. I am going to give my blessing. God's promises are yea and amen. 
The devil has been defeated, and my God is victorious. My God is my man of war. Somebody shout with a voice of triumph. Thank you, Jesus. I don't know about you, but I want a blessing this morning. I don't know about you, but I want a breakthrough this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just a shepherd boy without a shield, without a sword. I was fed up with the giant's voice, screaming curses to the Lord. I walked down that hill road with a pocket full of river stones. What the Philistine couldn't see is what I had was. See, on my own I'm weak, but my God dies for me. I was serving to the king, interpreting his crazy dream. I ran worship more than men. So they threw me in the lion's den. Vicious teeth were all I saw. Till something came and shut their jaws. You couldn't find a scratch on me. In fact, that night, well, I fell asleep. Every morning came, I shut them up. your story here today what's the giant in your way are you 
you're trapped in, can't get out. Are you staring down a lion's mouth? Well, can you stand before the Lord? Or do you need to hit the floor? I don't matter what you've done, because the battle is already won. So lift your voice with me and sing. us. Amen. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning? Our God is good. Hallelujah. Our God is wonderful. Our God is mighty. Our God is our man of war. Hallelujah. Amen. If you feel comfortable in doing so, you may return to your seats. Amen. So good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen. So good to see all our visitors here at New Life Apostolic Church this morning. Amen. Amen. It is tremendously a blessing to have you come and worship with us. Amen. Just a few announcements before I ask Brother Hillman to come and give our Sunday morning announcements. Don't forget this Saturday, if you are interested in the media ministry, the media ministry, we were going to be having a training this Saturday at 10 a.m. Amen. It should take about an hour to an hour and a half, just some initial training. So pray about it. If you are wanting to get involved in the church, try to find something to do. Amen. It'll be this Saturday at 10 a.m. We're going to start some training for the media ministry. Don't forget this Saturday also we are going to have a church fellowship out in Holland, Texas at the White Brown Homestead. Amen. It is going to be a welcome celebration for Alvin and Stephanie and Sister Eileen. Amen. Amen. Alvin, not major anymore. How does it feel to be a civilian? Amen. 
So I asked him, I said, have you burned your uniforms yet? He said, no, but I sold them. <laughs> Amen. And so there's a, there's a precious form that you get for all the prior military, and that form is called the DD Form 214, Department of Defense 214. That's the greatest form you'll ever receive from the military. Amen. Amen. And that is your discharge paperwork. It has all your school, your rank, and everything you did. And they actually sell a blanket that is designed like a DD Form 214. And I asked Alvin, I said, are you going to buy one? He said, you want one? Because I'm getting one. <laughs> Amen. It's so good to see you here, and welcome home. Amen. Amen. Brother Hillman. Praise the Lord, everyone. I'm, uh, amen. Aren't you glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Aren't you glad he woke you up to see another day? Amen. Just think about it. We have not experienced this day. This is the first day we're going to experience this day. Amen. So you be thank the Lord that God allow you to see a new day. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, immediately after service, Today, we do have a potluck and time of fellowship, and we would want you to know that all is invited. It's not that important about the food, because you can always eat, but it'd be good to have time of fellowship, just fun, amen, loving one another, amen. So you're more than welcome, amen, to attend our potluck and fellowship after service, amen. If I don't get a chance to grab nothing to eat, there's McDonald's, there's Burger King, you know, I got a couple of stuff at the house to eat. So it's not about the food, amen, it's about the fellowship. Can you say amen? Praise the Lord, amen. Also along with um, May 6th, uh, that Saturday at the fellowship at our pastors and the bishop them farm in Holland, um, they're going to provide food for us to meet. But those that would like to attend, please bring us a side dish and some drinks. Amen. That will be appreciative. Amen. If you can do that, if you desire to come and support that offense, uh, uh, event, we're glad to see we have brand new brothers and sisters in the church. And we have a, a new newlywed. And he says that he's going to be on this honeymoon for the next, uh, I think he said, 10 years. I told him I'll be on mine for the next uh, 40. Amen. So it's all good. Praise the Lord. Amen. And also, amen, starting next Sunday, uh, this Sunday actually will be the last Sunday that we have the one service. Amen. So starting um, next Sunday, we're going to be having double dose service every Sunday until God give the leadership other directions. Amen. And what that double services consist of, we have a 9 o'clock service. Amen. For those of you not aware of it, we have a 9 o'clock service. That service is going to start at 9, begin about 10.15. We're going to try to have a little break before our Sunday school starts at 10.30 to 11. Amen. And then the next service from 11 o'clock to 12.30, whatever God in our service. Amen. So please be mindful Please come if you are able to attend that first service, our Sunday school, and the next service. I believe that you will be blessed. Amen. Because you gave and gave God your time. Amen. Praise the Lord. And he wrote our time. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 
He desires fellowship himself. Amen. So we can come and give the Lord our time. Amen. And to him. Praise the Lord. And also starting that Monday on the on the uh, the 10th, we'll be doing a prayer. Uh, we'll be praying during our Daniel fast uh, from Monday the 10th all the way to that Friday, which would be the 12th. And we're going to come here at our church at 7 p.m. on a Friday night to pray. And the Lord was really was with us. Amen. When he met us here when we came and prayed. The last time we had Daniel fast. So you just don't know what you're missing to come and pray. And this is feel the power of God in a different way as we worship and, and praise him in prayer. Amen. This, some of you probably not aware of what a Daniel fast is. This is what we do here at this church. We will uh, eat meals without having any meat. Praise the Lord. Amen. Also, uh, refrain yourself from pastries. Amen. So you wake up in the morning, you used to drinking coffee and having a donut. You got the, I almost slipped up one day, but so happened that the donut place that I went by was closed. And then I dined on me, oh, oh, hold up, I'm on a Daniel fast. So it, it worked out for me. Amen. So no pastries and things of that nature um, and no meat. Amen. And everybody can do that. Ain't nothing but five days. Praise the Lord. Amen. I, I need to lose a couple of pounds myself because I'm a meat and a potato man. Amen. So it's going to be hard sometimes to refrain from eating meat because, like I said, I am a meat and potato man. If I'm going to have a meal, you better have some meat on the table. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. And also on um, May 12th, we're having a youth fellowship. The pastor, I'm going to allow him to elaborate on that a little bit more. Fellowship Friday, May 12th. It begins at 12 p.m. And then that following our next Saturday would be, uh, uh, well, anyway, on May 20th, we having uh, a rally, and that's going to begin at noon at Pastor Kowick Church there in Denton, Texas. So if you can make that, amen, please um, try to attend that service. And don't forget those that already uh, are prepared to go to our general conference and youth camp, please keep that in mind, too. That's going to take place July 4th, I mean, July 24th, through July 28th, and they're going to be in Hot Spring, Arizona. So if you have not made plans for that yet, please make plans, amen, to attend that. Can you say praise the Lord? Amen. Praise the Lord. I'll let the pastor come, and he's going to explain a little bit about the youth fellowship on Friday. Then immediately after that, we're going to receive our offering and our tithes. Amen. If you have anything you desire to get to the Lord, please do. It can be pennies, nickel, dime, quarters. I know some of y'all can put a thousand in the, uh, in the offering, whatever. Just put what God has blessed you with once you put it in the offering and give it unto the Lord this morning. Can you say amen? Amen. Amen. Good to be in the house of the Lord. Uh, that youth fellowship will be Friday, May 12th at Spare Time in Temple at 7 p.m. What we're going to do with the youth is we're going to have prayer that night. We're going to have early prayer. And then we're going to travel to spare time in Temple. Just had a brief had a brief conversation with the youth group uh, earlier this morning. At this time, I'm going to ask Sister Simmons to come. She has a very special presentation. Amen. Praise the Lord. Um, as my husband is bringing the frames and the card that's on it, um, I, I am honored to have uh, the privilege of being the state elder for the Apostolic Church of Jesus Christ Peak District. And I'm just thrilled when I get to do this. Come on in. 
And so, um, Brother Ruben, Brother Ruben, just come on down. We praise God because our district is growing. We've added more ministers to our district. And Brother Ruth, I tell you, he is one of a kind, and I appreciate you. Come on up there. I guess I'll come down to you. We'll help each other out. <laughs> praise the Lord. We appreciate you, and we thank you so much a part of the Apostolic Church of Jesus Christ, and I wanted to present you our, um, your certificate that says, this is to certify that Reverend Lewis F. Ruth of Saline, Texas, has been ordained to the ministry of the gospel of Jesus Christ and is commissioned to perform all duties of an ordained minister. We, the undersigned ministers, do hereby recommend the bearer of this license to all the saints as an ordained minister in good standing. And this was done in April 2023. May the Lord bless you. Can I bend up your card a little bit? That's your fellowship card as well. Wonderful. Thank you so much. We appreciate you. Got a hand? All right. The Lord bless you. Thank you so much. And back to our pastor. Amen. <laughs> we celebrate you, Brother Roos. I don't know. Brother Roos has been with us for several years now. We met him at Freddy's a couple years and just happened to have a conversation with our apostolic group and just had a conversation and a relationship built from that. If you don't know, Brother Roos is a retired Army chaplain, amen, and has served for many years in that capacity, amen. So good to be in the house of the Lord. We're going to receive our Sunday morning tithe and half shekel offering, amen. We're going to ask our bishop to come, amen, to convey God's word, amen. I need a usher. Amen. Anybody? Thank you, Jesus. Power hour. Who has power hour today? All right. Ages four to eight. Four to eight. All right. Praise God, everyone. Good to be in the house of the Lord. Right after the service, I would like all ensemble members and Pastor Brown to remain in the sanctuary, please. Amen. God is such an awesome God. Pastor Brown, if you would try to get that one song ready, please. It's amazing to me how God can confirm things. And when he does, it seems like the enemy, for those of you that may not realize it, we do have an enemy. It's not people. It's not countries. It's the devil. And the devil is nothing more than a fallen archangel. His name is Lucifer. And he came to kill, steal, and destroy. And he'll do whatever he can to cause any type of hindrances and distractions in the church of the living God so that we may be prevented from opening our hearts to the Lord. But I'm glad that the Lord is more powerful, more perseverance, and if we will continue to make the effort, God will meet us. 
In getting this message together, my wife and I were going to a recital. Titus had a violin recital, and we were going, and the Lord spoke to me three words. And I really tried to let him lead me in gathering it, and the enemy, I'm telling you, so I know it's the will of God. But then Brother Simmons came to me this morning and said, did my wife send you a song? I said, no. I said, well, what is it? And he told me, and we're going to listen to it for a moment. I said, you're going to understand in just a little while how God is putting these things together. I was also told by someone today that someone may be here, and I don't know if they are or not, but someone may be coming that is really looking for what this song is about. Amen. So our PA system sometimes works and sometimes doesn't, kind of like muscles with old people like myself. Amen. And so we're going to listen, and hopefully it'll work. May the Lord touch you, and then we're going to get right into the word of the Lord. Situation may never change. Change me. The trial may seem so strange. Change me. There's a purpose in what you allow Walking by faith anyhow In the midst of it all God hear my call Change me The situation may never change, change me. The trials I face, they seem so strange, change me, change me. There's a purpose in what you allow. I'm walking by faith anyhow. In the midst of it all, oh God, hear my call. Change me. Use a problem, use a trial, 
Change my heart, oh God, make it ever true, change my heart, oh God, may I be the potter, I am the clay, mold me and make me, this is what I pray. trust you knowing I am your child. Change me. Weeping may endure for a night. Joy comes in the Hallelujah. Glory to the Lord. Amen. Beautiful. That was beautiful. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Thank you, Brother Simmons, for that. Change me. Amen. I would like to this morning to be reading in the book of Isaiah 43, verse 18. Isaiah 40. Going on in your life, your mind, your heart. I do not know really your circumstances that you face. 
But I do know that this message is for all of us. A human being does not have the power to truly, truly transform their life in something that is pleasing to God. Only yielding to God and allowing Him to work can one really be brand new. Isaiah 43 and 8 says this, excuse me, 18 says this, Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. You may be seated. Before I give you the topic or the theme today, we were driving and the recital was in temple. And as we were going, we were talking and all of a sudden, God brought this particular short phrase to me, the pain of change. And I told my wife, I said, that's a message. I said, write it down for me. The pain, when I'm sensing it, of change. A lot of us want to change, but if we're not careful, we're not willing to endure the pain and the suffering to get there. And if I am not willing, I will never get to the place that I truly want to be. Because true change, positive change, comes with pain. And so this morning, I would like to try my best to leave this for you. Life's changing moments. In life, there will be moments that will come your way that will either change you for the worse or change you for the good. There will be a crossroads in your life that you're going to have to make a decision. You see, change comes first, believe it or not, with the mind. And the mind communicates with the heart. And the heart begins to communicate back with the mind and says, yes, with God all things are possible. With God you can change. Everything changes in life. Nothing stays the same. Whether you will admit it or not, you have changed from last year, not just in your appearance, but inside. What are some of the positive changes? I could bring up some negative ones, but I'm not going to do that. What about some positive, life-changing moments that has happened to some of us and will happen? What about when you graduated from high school or college. That was a life-changing moment. How about getting married? How about getting your first job, Dylan? Life-changing moment. Having your first child. Driving alone for the first time. Wow, you're sitting in that car and you're looking beside you and you're saying, Mom and Dad are not there. 
I've got it. And you begin to get out on the road, and if you're not careful, everything goes well at first until traffic begins to come around. And then you begin to get a little nervous, but it's a, oh, angel, can you identify with that? Can you identify with that? The first time you drove alone, have you been there yet, Jacob? Oh, what a life-changing moment it will be when Brother Luis will say, here's the keys, go to the store for us. Oh, will they be nervous, but he'll be excited. I'm talking about life-changing moments. I don't know about you, but I need to be changed. I need to be transformed every single day that I live. I don't want to be the same. I don't want to look back at the former things. I don't want to look back at the things of old. But I want to begin to allow God to do a work in me that all things become new. The Bible says that I am renewed day by day, by renewing my mind. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to the Lord. I can look at some of you, and I can tell you're all thinking how you would like things to be different. That's where it begins. But what are you doing about it? Events in life change us, whether we admit it or not. Personal change is to demonstrate new behaviors that produce new results. Our beliefs drive our thoughts, which ultimately guide our life for the good or the bad. It is a necessity. It is mandatory that you have a heart and a mind changed. You want your marriage to work? You've got to be changed yourself, not your spouse. You've got to think about what the Bible says, things that are good, pure, honest, of good report. You've got to begin to say, Instead of saying, I wish they could be this, I wish they could be that, well, what about me? I can always improve. I can always do better. A life-changing moment. We've all had them. And you can look at those moments and either be very negative about it upset about it, complain about it, let it begin to push you in a direction that you're only going to be more happy, unhappy, excuse me, or you can begin to allow God to change you. If you hear nothing from me today, nothing, positive change, good change, change that brings good result will require pain. It will require sacrifice. It will require heartache. And it will require loss. I'm going to give you some biblical examples in just a moment, but I want this to sink in. We all, every one of you will leave, and even some of you young people that are not thinking about changing now, you will. You will. 
you will. And it won't be as easy as saying, I'm going to change my hairdo. Or I think I'll change my clothes. Or my shoes. Life is not that easy. Life is a little bit more difficult, but with God, with God, if we'll allow God to use whatever he needs to use to change us into what he wants from us, in the end run, we'll be glad. When you change yourself, it's only for the moment. I want you to if you can, for just a second or two, look at your own examples of life, how easy it is to change from a good habit to a bad habit, from a good lifestyle to not so good lifestyle, from happiness to sorrow. Pretty easy, isn't it? If we're not careful, we always want to do the easy thing. And it always results, many of the time, in something that is not pleasing. How hard is it? How difficult is it to change from being angry to happy? We've got to have some life changing moments that bring us challenges, that causes sacrifice. I don't know why I want to say this to Scotty and Mindy. Is it okay if I use you? Thank you. You're not the same two people in your marriage that you were on the day you got married, are you? You say that, you know, is that a good thing or a bad thing? <laughs> All right, because I was worried there for a moment. You have changed, and as you look back, some of your decisions that were easier, you wish that you wouldn't have made those, and you would have made the tough decisions so that the outcome would have been better. You say you're going over this, it seems pretty simple. It's simple, all right. But for some reason, the church is full of people needing life-changing moments. They need to be changed. They need to be transformed. They need to be somehow. I was talking to a lady today. I was going to get a soda on my way to church, and she had asked me to pray for her before and because she saw me in a suit. She said, where are you going? I'm going to church. She said, pray for me. I said, I would. So I was coming back, and the Lord spoke to me that this lady needs something in her life. So I went in there, and I got my soda. She let me have it for free. That was nice. That wasn't a life-changing moment. And the Lord prompted me, what is it that you want? What is it that you need? Now, she could have said, I need a better job. I need a better car. I need a better house. But you know what she said? She said, I would like to be happy. I would like peace. 
Oh, my goodness gracious, I'm telling you right now, every single one of you in this place, if you were honest with yourself, you would like to be happy, you would like to be at peace, but you're not willing to endure the hardship and the pain to get it. Let me go a different place, if I may. How hard is it? How hard is it to get sick? Pretty hard? You have to try pretty hard to get sick? Not really. <laughs> it comes. You don't even see it. You don't even know what's going on. Pretty easy. The next thing you know, your nose is running. I got a handkerchief. Did you need it? Your eyes are watering, you're starting to cough, you're starting to get congested. It's pretty easy to get sick. Oh, but to get well. Oh, hallelujah, it takes some effort, it takes some endurance, it takes some pain that you've got to go through. In fact, the more severe the illness, the more severe the disease, the more you've got to go through to get better and come out of it well. So why is living for God any different? Sin is easy. Oh, yeah, I was going to get there sooner or later. Sin is easy. Now, I'm not going to stay here long. I'm not going to stay here long. Addiction is easy. It's easy to get addicted. It's hard to get delivered. So we've got to understand that the bad, evil things that may come our way are easy. But the good things, the beautiful things, the things that satisfy are difficult, full of pain. That seems like it's opposite. How can I be happy and have pain? Because of the song, it will only endure for the night. I'd rather endure pain than use some substance for a false happiness that the problem is still there when I wake up. I know a God that can give me peace in the midst of a storm. I know a God that can be with me no matter what I face. I know a God that can tell you uh, you're going to come through. Uh, oh, how to, Come on, somebody. I know a God that has brought me through so many heartaches, so many situations, so many trials, uh, so much uh, that he's brought me through. And every time he has, I've had to endure some heartache. I've had to endure some pain. I didn't run, but I endured. Uh, I, I didn't say, oh, God. Hey, I said, God, I know, I know, I know. That when I get to the other side, oh, hallelujah. Amen. Someone said today, I told them that uh, I was cold today, and I was outside getting God's heater on me. You know what that is, don't you? The sun. And they said, well, you'll be hot soon. I'm going to have to take my coat off. I'm getting warm. I'm starting to sweat. I, Now, I'm going to go to Mark 6 and 12. I'm going to give you a word that 
a lot of us, we run from. Mark 6 and 12 says, Men should repent. You ever heard that word? How often have you heard it in churches? Not enough. Not enough for the simple fact repentance is changing. That's all it is. That's all it is. Repent in the scripture means to change one's mind for the better. To think differently, reconsider, change one's direction. And we're going to look at two examples in scripture today that are negative, and we won't be there long because I want to focus on the positive. The first one I want to go to is found in Luke 18, 18. A certain ruler shall I do to inherit eternal life? Man, now this was before the day of Pentecost. And here was this young ruler, rich ruler, coming to Jesus, called him good master, and Jesus kind of rebuked him. Why callest me thou good? There's none good but God. And he said, well, keep the commandments. And, of course, he was, you know, he probably stood a little taller and said, I have. I've done these things from my youth up. And the Lord said this to him. There's one thing. And I'm going to paraphrase. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, there's one thing that's too difficult for you. You haven't been willing to pay the price. Sell what you have and give to the poor and come and follow me. And do you know Instead of doing that, he took the easy about face, walked away, and Jesus went the other way. What about Judas Iscariot for 30 pieces of silver? He betrayed the Lord. And then conviction came. 30, 30 pieces of silver. He sold his soul. 30 pieces of silver. He doomed his life forever in hell. And then he began to feel bad about it. And instead of repenting, listen to me, instead of just acknowledging his mistake and repenting, changing his mind, direction, and heart, he went out and hung himself. And he didn't even have the 30 pieces of silver on him when he did it. Wow. Those are some of the negative things that people could have had a life-changing moment for the positive instead of for the negative. What about you? What has God asked you to do in a message? When you were sitting on those chairs... And God spoke to you from the preached word of God and gave you kind of a decision. You can do this or you can do that. You choose. And you begin to look at that and you begin to say, if I choose this, there's going to be a lot of heartache and pain, suffering and loss. But if I do this, things will be better at the job, at the 
home life, with my friends, with my employer. Are you with me? Let's look at Peter, can we? In Luke 22 and 62, and Peter went out and wept bitterly. You know how Peter was? He was bold. He always put his foot in his mouth. Have you ever known anyone like that? Like yourself? <laughs> it was that way. I mean, he was just bold, loud. And the Lord came to him one day and he said, you're going to deny me. Oh, no, Lord, not me. I'll never deny you, Lord. Not me. Well, the day came, didn't it? When he denied him. That was a life-changing over and over. Why didn't I decide to do what I knew I needed to do, even though it was going to take a lot of effort and a lot of pain? Come on, somebody. You really want you really want a life-changing moment? Then sell out. I'm not talking about just money. Sell out and live for God. Do what God has asked you to do. No matter the cost, no matter what he asks you, give it all to God. Surrender all to God. Here was Peter. He could have taken the route of Judas. He could have went out and hung himself. I don't know about you. I'm just going to be just as honest as I can be. I know I need Jesus. I know how wicked and despicable I am. And if he would have gave me that look, like he gave Peter that look, I would have tried to find a hole to climb in. And I think Peter did. But Peter went out and wept bitterly. And he repented. He began to have a heart change. He began to say, wait a minute, what is wrong with me? Why did I do something like this? He couldn't go back. Hear me. He couldn't go back. Sometimes you cannot go back. You just got to go forward. You can't remember the old things, the former things. You've got to look and press towards the mark of the high calling of the Lord Jesus Christ. You've got to understand when you get a new heart, behold, all things become new. Here he was, as they took Jesus off to crucify him, he was crying while they were nailing him to the cross. He was weeping. No telling the thoughts that went through his mind. Maybe I could have defended him. Maybe I could have went in there and died with him. Maybe I could have went in there and fought to get him released. You know, he tried that one time, and the Lord picked the ear up and put it back on. The servant, I believe his name was Marcus. Can you imagine how rejected Peter felt, how alone Peter felt, how ashamed Peter felt? But this same Peter that endured all of that, when he changed his whole heart and mind, was given keys. And because he was willing to pay the price, endure the pain and the suffering, 
he was given keys that whatever he bound on earth would be bound in heaven, whatever he loosed. Do you understand? Peter preached the first Pentecostal message on the day of Pentecost. Peter was the first to go to the Gentiles and preach the gospel. Here was a man that could have given up. Could have said, what's the use? I've denied him. I haven't lived for him correctly. I've done this and that. But Peter said, no, I'm just going to have a life-changing moment. I'm going to use that as a springboard. I'm going to use that as a memory that I'm not ever going there again. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to serve God. Oh, come on, somebody. And he got a key. I said, he got a key. Where's your key? Where's your key? Where's your key? Let me say something to you. Have you ever watched those machines make a key? <laughs> it's not Play-Doh. It's something very hard. And so they grind it. Now, I've never heard a key scream. But I can imagine if I was in the machine. And God making me a key that a door would be open and no man could shut. Oh, hallelujah. I'm sure there's going to be some grinding. There's going to be, oh, my God. There's going to be some sanding going on and polishing going on. Why? Because God wants me to be a key. He wants me to be a vessel. He wants me to be who he wants him to be. Oh, hallelujah. I got one more example, biblical. Is that okay? Well, I mean, I'm already going to give it, but I might as well just say amen. Our visitor, so good to have you today. I hope you're getting something from this. Here was a religious man, religion, who sent many a soul to hell. It's a test because it's not about religion. It's about really having an experience with God. Here was a man who was a Pharisee. He was free born. He sat under the feet of a great teacher by the name of Gamaliel. According to his own testimony, he was blameless when it came to the law. And he was kind of upset about this new group of people that were gathering, worshiping Jesus. Because he said, listen, we've been taught as a little child there's only one God. Stay with me. Stay with me. So he got the authority from the high priest to go out and find people like you and you and you and you and you and you. If there was enough evidence, so we had those papers, and he said, well, "I'm going to Damascus. I hear there's a big group down there, and I'm going to gather them up, and I'm going to have some put in prison, some put to death." And as he was going on that road, have you ever just been going through the road of life, and out of nowhere, life hits you? Yeah. 
light at noonday began to shine down at him brighter than anything he's ever seen, knocked him on the ground. He couldn't see. And the first words out of his mouth were, Who art thou, Lord? And then he heard a voice. Have you ever heard that voice? I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. It's hard for you to kick against the pricks. Do you know that in Hebrew, Jesus means Jehovah, salvation? Do you understand? Do you understand what was happening here? Do you really understand the transformation of the man Christ Jesus now? Still a mediator, but yet God Almighty. And he was telling the apostle Paul, I am Jehovah. I am the God you serve. And Paul had a life-changing moment. And he was never the same. In fact, when he got up from there, even though he was blind, and somebody had to lead him for a while, God spoke to Ananias. Ananias came and said, Receive thy sight. And Paul was one of the greatest, greatest apostles that we have ever read about that brought the gospel to hundreds and thousands of people. Because he was willing to be led. Thank you. That's pretty powerful. He was, he was willing to be led. He was willing for someone else he didn't know. Receive thy sight. He was willing to endure the humiliation and the ridicule by fellow countrymen that said, oh, my, I've heard about this, Paul. I've heard about him. But yet he became, as Jesus said to Ananias, he is a vessel that I have chosen for my use. Life-changing moments. What are you doing with yours? Living in regret? Or are you living in the right decision that one day when you're old and gray, you can say, thank God I decided to live for him. Thank God I decided to be born again. Thank God I decided to do what God has commanded me to do. Thank God because I know that there's going to be laid up for me treasures that I can't even imagine. I know that one day I may not have had the rewards I wanted here, but one day when I get there, there's going to be rewards. I don't know about you. You can take this or leave it. It's up to you. I don't care about the rewards. What I care about is seeing Jesus. Do you understand what I'm saying? All the pain, all the heartache that we've endured, all of the things that have been life-changing moments. When I get to glory, friend, it'll be gone. Oh, there will not be one remembrance of any heartache or pain. There won't be a wet eye in the house. I don't know if you got that or not. Huh. I'm going to say this, and I don't know why I'm saying it, but there'll be no tissue in heaven. 
If you're going to cry, cry now. If you're going to weep, weep now. If you're going to repent, repent now. There's not a living, living human being that doesn't need to repent. As we stand to our feet this morning, a life-changing moment. The pain of change is worth it. Daughter, come on, hurry. Visitors, we're so glad that you have come. We have the fellowship. I need all the ensemble to remain. Oh, come on, somebody. You know you, know you want to change. You know you want to be different. You're tired of just going and taking the easy road. Oh, hallelujah. I think Pastor Brown said someone quoted uh, the path that is less traveled. That's the one I want. Give me it, the straight and narrow, that path in the wilderness. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to the Lord God of heaven. We got to change. We got to change. Man, I'm sensing the Holy Ghost. There's some of you that need to come up to this altar and you need to begin to cry out for God, whatever it takes, whatever it takes, whatever you got to do, whatever you got to bring, whatever I got to endure. God, change me. The song said, circumstances may never change. Oh, but God, change me. Oh, hallelujah, glory to the Lord God of heaven. Thank you, Jesus. The Bible says, if any man or woman be in Christ, he is a new creature. A new creature. Oh, daughter, when you're ready, sing. Ministry, help me pray.
ますか